Boys, we're back in studio. Yes. Welcome back, guys. It feels Missed good to be guys. here. Um, yeah, guys, another week. Yep. We've got an extra body on the couch. Yes, and that extra body on the couch is no other than Danelle. How's Hello. it going, man? Danelle. Friend of the pod, on, friend of the community, uh, constant eye catcher of uh, beautiful photos. Yeah, man. What's going on? Nothing much. How are you guys? Hanging? I'm good. Good, good, good. We've been good. We've been uh, kind of winding down from all the excitement, from all the CID stuff, and uh, some of that as we plan for more things uh, around the bend. But uh, it's been good, man. It's been it's good. It's good to have you here. That's yeah. for sure. Glad to be here. Um, well, I mean, I think uh, all of us have uh, been enjoying the summer as it's kind of been rolling. We've had good weather now. Uh, oh, man, it's hot. A couple of cruises. We just had that beautiful cruise out to Gig Harbor. Walt, you want to yep. tell some details about that one? Yeah, so um, it's kind of been a work in progress for a while. I mean, the owner, Sung, he owns uh, this donut shop out in Gig Harbor called Milk View. And there are um, delicious mochi donuts. They are very delicious. Oh, my God. And so they have uh, assorted flavors. I mean, they have the ube, mm -hmm. the butternut cookie. Cherry cola. They have my favorite, which is the cherry cola. I love that one, yeah. especially. That and is. So that's been a favorite good. of, uh, I just hear people raving about it. And uh, so we all cruised there early in the morning. Um, we had about, I don't know, how many cars would you Probably estimate? 30 at the Renton Rowing Center. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So. Nice, nice. Assembled at the Renton Rowing Center and then cruised over to Gig Harbor. Um, and then I want to say throughout the entire event, there's probably about a good hundred cars. But nevertheless, I mean, it was a, success, a successful gathering. Mm -hmm. uh, people connecting with one another. Um, I managed to connect with some locals from Gig Harbor that they were just very appreciative and thankful, saying that, you know, they don't get that much um, gathering opportunity and uh, people really organizing for the right reasons on the west side of the water and so it was just good to connect with a you know a community that was a little bit more smaller and definitely of course we had you know our regulars you know shout out to christian and vince and you know um curtis and who else um tim um doritos and of course Danelle, you were there, and so yeah. Oh, by the magic. way, the the drone shots that you took, Danelle, man, awesome, man. I yeah, love another uh, you know, tip of the hat to Danelle, man. That was great. Um, dynamic, again, yeah, very dynamic. different, different so, angles, different emotion. stories. Very yeah. cool. Um, I thought that was beautiful. And mm -hmm. again, they were also, I think, they were making ice cream as well. Yeah, so they were making ice cream. Uh, this was the first time that they started producing ice cream, and man, they took the hits from the donuts and. Put in the flavors. Nice. So they got the cherry cola <laughs> ice cream. They got the ube ice cream. Awesome. Black um, sesame. Black sesame and the horchata. And so I was like, wow. Fantastic. So, yeah, whenever you guys get a chance, if you guys are on that side of the water, um, the Lacey, Olympia area, even Tacoma. I mean, it's only about a 15, 20-minute drive from Tacoma. Um, and try it out, man. They, What I like about Sung is that um, the reason to deciding going with uh, Milk View is because they also are car enthusiasts. Mm -hmm. They grew up in the import car scene. Uh, Sung had an IS300. Very cool. He had it all fixed up and tricked down, had some folks on it and things like that. So we share that same conversation Absolutely. and sentiment, you know? And so Absolutely. really Flavor cool. Flavor all around. Flavor from the taste buds all the way to the yes. car. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> so it was, it was exciting. It was a little bit hot, but, you know, the yeah. dogs were out. Everyone <laughs> was out hanging out. So... Um, it was great, man. Sung's hospi hospitality was uh, A1. Oh, yeah, man. Like, 
we want to talk about a guy that's very passionate about his you know business he was coming around just scooping ice cream for people and saying hey try samples this. of everything yeah sample this sample that and i was just like man i can't keep up with this guy and so um yeah danelle what was your favorite flavor do you were you able to try any of the ice cream ube for sure is pretty good oh, yeah. i wanted to try that uh Dang, what was that cola cola thing you guys? Know? Cherry, cherry cola, cherry cola, cola yeah. yeah. And they make that in ice cream as well, which yes. is very good. We got a little uh, like half pint of the ube, and it was very delicious. Yeah, see, we're not even talking about cars yet. We were just talking <laughs> we're about not, food. It's still just ice cream. I overheard but... him say that he sells at. Uh, he doesn't just sell at that store. He. No, yeah. So he has. Um, uh, he he just signed a distribution deal with Metropolitan Market, mm-hmm. oh, okay. and so. Um, I've been following them since the beginning of um, the pandemic. So in 2020, they opened. Um, but, you know, they were trying to get their name out there, doing pop-ups and things like that in the greater Seattle area. And, um, you know, me and my girlfriend and, and some foodie homies, you know, we just caught wind of, you know, their their brand and, you know, say that they were going to be at, you know, some spot in Capitol Hill or some spot out in, you know, uh, Central District and things like that. And so... It's just becoming more relevant that I really love donuts. Nice. Yeah, don't we all? <laughs> it was enjoyable. It was a great, great time, I think, had by all. And again, a delicious time. Um, he does a heck of a job out there. Right, right. Um, so that was good. Um, but uh, speaking of comparisons, we were first going to talk about uh, one comparison with an electric car, but so much has happened in the car market in just a week. Oh, man. But I think we have to have a comparison of three different electric cars. So let's have a look at the... uh, It's the new Dodge Challenger Daytona. Yeah. Uh, It's the new Polster 6. And um, the last one is the new BMW i4, um, which is going to be a full M edition. They have like an M50 right now, but they are going to give the i4 a full wide-body uh, MCS division, which is the high horsepower, high race kind of trim that they always do when they go right. MCCS. Yeah, so, so they're, they're going to start with, let's just start with this car. They're going to actually okay. do a wide body of this vehicle. Right. So. so this is the BMW. This is the i4. Um, what do you guys think? First off, just from looks. Design, Walter, what does it say to you? So, I mean, from the very get, like when the initial 4 Series came out, that big wide open nostril kidney grill right not a fan of it but more and more so as they've included the different types of um exterior styling and packaging it's right. it's been growing on me okay you know i think the the number one thing that i look at is proportions and how the vehicle sits sure and by far bmw i want to just say germans across the board when you're talking about mercedes audi bmw mm-hmm they have it down to the T. Mm-hmm. Like you can put this car in any type of eye level, three quarter front, you know, three quarter rear, right? And it just looks like it's planted. You know what I mean? Like look Absolutely. at that, look at that shot that Al Michaels got on the on the screen. It's right here. mean, yeah. Anybody who's checking on uh, YouTube or following us along, check it out. The i4 MCS uh, or wide body uh, that has been spied. Um, again, it's uh, beautiful looking. Um, I want it to be fast, and I imagine, again, if it's going to be handed truly to the M division, it will be. Because, right. again, they are quite potent cars now. They're kind of crazy. Some of those M cars, I'm like, they have 500 and how much? Yeah. Um, so I think the newest one has 600. So it's it's I believe it's at 625. There you go. So, I mean, even if this isn't up in that range, I still think it's amazing what the M division can do. So this is going to be a heck of a car. I don't know what the price point is, but a heck of a car. So, you know, in previous... Um 
in previous episodes, we have talked about how electric vehicles are going to be more catered towards luxury, right? Yes. But now we see a shift, at least for this week, we're yes. seeing it more, um, more brands uh, moving towards performance. Absolutely. And so now people are really embracing the understanding and that the mindset of the vehicle is trying, is changing it from just this petrol, I have torque and I can go fast. Mm -hmm. But now it's more about what kind of torque numbers are these vehicles putting out? Absolutely. And I think that's creating the uh, the tone for the EV market in terms of performance aspects. Mm -hmm. Just giving it some flavor. Yeah. Absolutely. Because again, this is a cool looking car. Very, very yeah. cool. I love the way it's stanced. Again, if it's an electric vehicle, but it has incredible handling, great torque, um, BMW does good interiors. It's, it's probably a very nice place to be. I've seen some of the new i4 M50s. Yeah, they're uh, nice. They're great. The interior yeah. has full, beautiful race seats, carbon fiber all over the place. It is, uh, it's, it's a nice car. And I've seen some in some cool colors. So mm -hmm. I think this is being the next iteration of it. I give it a thumbs up in my opinion. Um, I like it. I got to see the price point. If it's a hundred thousand dollars, I'm like, great. Probably it's, not. It's see, kicking everybody out of there. Thanks. Thank you for making something I do, I can't afford. That is the big. <laughs> that is the big differentiator in for terms sure. of these markets right now. Is yep. like, what are the price points, right? Yeah. And we've said this before in other you know podcast episodes where it'll definitely make or break the need and want for the vehicle. But considering that you know brands are hopping on board with the whole performance luxury market using electronics i mean using electrical motors it, it's exciting yep. like people are really getting behind it so it's really really um nice to see that brands are uh, you know adopting this technology mm -hmm. i feel Absolutely. like this shape is very familiar with other manufacturers is there a, a term that you would call this shape I or well i mean there's just it's just you know as a designer, you can design so many things that are very familiar. Mm -hmm. And so when people are like, oh, I've seen this before, and it's because it's been reiterated, right. you know, decade after decade. And so the designs out there are not new. The designs have been out there. I mean, like, I can honestly say that the, the new i4 has been designed in some, you know, uh, Japanese kid in third term at Art Center or, you know, some senior thesis project at, you know, Forzheim in Germany. And so the languages has always been there. It's just about brands and companies really adopting it and using it as their uh, character design language push sure, for so. whatever generation. Right. Of but the vehicle. to answer your question, I mean, it's it's a familiarity because of the proportion. Mm -hmm. Right. The proportion is what sets the tone on the vehicle, therefore allows you to kind of reimagine the the landscape of all the other vehicles along those proportions. Mm -hmm. Like that i4 is very similar to say the um the A5, the Audi A5. Right. right. So it, it has that um smaller greenhouse to body section. Like mm -hmm. look at that body in compared to, to the the glass area. Yeah. So when you say greenhouse that's the glass area of the vehicle. Right. And then you look at that body section, it's literally almost double. Yep. So when you have vehicles that just have, you know, a 2 to 1 ratio I mean, you'll look at all vehicles that way from from now on. So, gotcha. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. No, I, I see it. I mean, I, I think it's a handsome, handsome vehicle. I hope they make it. I mean, it seems like it's in the works because I already have like this kind of thing rolling around. I don't think they're going to pull back on it. I think they're going to embrace it. So that's cool. Um, and again, if you look at some of the language that I've seen about it, they want it to compete with the M3, M4. They don't want it to be something that's uh, oh, it's something else. You could have it. They want it to even eclipse those cars. It they want it to be on the same level. You are well, just choosing which type you want at that point. Which I feel that it, um, the i4 will herald that spot. 
Right. Primarily because petrol engines will be phased out. Mm-hmm. And until they figure out what they do with the M3, M4, mm-hmm. like in terms of a power plant. Right. I mean, the technology is going to only move forward with, you know, electric motors. So. Right. So maybe they make fewer and fewer of the M3s, M4s as they as they ramp up their M division for electric. Right. They make very special edition ones that start to become more expensive, but very sought after for collectors and BMW uh, aficionados and, and enthusiasts. Um, and then finally, obviously, as you said, maybe they do phase it out in time. Obviously, I think that's where we're all you know eventually heading in those ways. But um, I'm excited because again, they're taking it really seriously. Yeah. For performance. I like that. Um, now let's move on to one that seems odd to me, and that's the Daytona. Now, I want to first say that I'm totally happy that Dodge is making an electric vehicle, but I think um, if Al can pull up the video, we had a video of the (laughs) sounds that this car is making when you rev it. And to me, if you're going to make a muscle car with electric like power plant, just... Make it cool looking. I think that it looks cool. It has very wild proportions. Um, you know, give it power. Give it, you know, like, like you know, special options. But don't, don't play me, don't play me for, uh, for silly, because as you can hear from this, as they rev this thing through, those that are watching, go ahead and look it up. The Dodge Challenger Daytona. Uh, it's been released. And it does these noises. <laughs> sounds like a, that are supposed to be like a muscle car exhaust. You know what it sounds like? It sounds like um, uh, the tiger um, in like a, 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 a an eight park? bit. No, like or in an eight bit uh, video game. Video game, yeah. yeah. It sounds like a tiger, not, yeah. not like no like. Yeah, oh. the DJ is hitting the tiger button way too many times with the air horn. <laughs> That's but, actually something that me and my friend talked about, though. There like, it is. See. How do you incorporate <laughs> the engine noises? You know yeah. what I mean? You don't. Uh, and then they really, wait, wait till they really peak it. Because they really peak it at the very end. Which, oh. oh, that was maybe it then. That was it. But they, it's just, to me, that's a, don't, it's not an engine car. So don't plumb noise that isn't natural. Well, to me, that's just silly. I'm always going to play devil's advocate when it comes to, you know, these things. Um, but in all actual, in, in all fairness, right, the market of, because they're ending the Challenger right. and the a Charger, correct? Right. And so with this being a new product, you know, the Charger, I mean, it, it's going to set a tone for a new experience, right? Sure. And if that is a audible experience in right with a new electrical platform, mm-hmm then I think this is their way of saying, hey, we're still holding on to some of that heritage, okay. but providing a new market, a new fresh market, a modern market, hopefully, in that way you would have this different perspective mm-hmm. of what American muscle is, right? Now, because maybe it also sounds better in person. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's more tonal on the inside mm-hmm. as a, a, as a occupant or someone that's you know in the vehicle right. versus it being an exterior sound point, right? True. So, but shout out to Chris Benjamin who uh, who helped design that. And so, let's look um, at some of those lines. Al's got it pulled up if you're following along on the video. But again, look at some of the photos because they definitely got uh, some incredible lines. The wheels are wild in their design. I mean, it's it's, it's got a um, um, like a turbo fan type, you know, wheel design. Yep. 
It's a five spoke that's very reminiscent of it's, the Mugen R and R's. It's got yeah. the full. It's got the full uh, light bar in the front. You know, with a yeah. with a maskless grill. Uh, just again, some of the design cues are great. What's, um, what's going on with the emblem? Like I mean, I think that's star. just a new icon. That's just a new icon. icon I'm not okay. sure if that's their final uh, icon or what they're going to do for the mm. uh, electric stuff. But again, it is, um, is that quite one? intimidating in its yeah. design and its and look. And that interior, man. Uh, I mean, look at that. That's Sexy. Uh, quite high-end, large screens, open space, uh, high-end materials, uh, you would hope. A lot of texture within the in, in the interior space. Um, so again, I, this is another one. I, I'm not such a fan again of the noise that it pumps out because I feel like just make it fast. I don't. You don't need to do that. Yeah. Uh, you don't need to play it down to me. I'm not a kid. Uh, I know what it is. It's okay. <laughs> uh, but that's just me. Uh, but then on top of that, um, again, it looks good. They're doing some beautiful design uh, choices again with like the wheels, some of the mm -hmm. accents. It's got some power. You it's know. got. It's gonna have some power. Obviously. Great stance, great proportion. And if Dodge is anybody to speak to that, I would think they would push the power. Imagine well, they, that it will have a. You can blow your battery in in thirty minutes. We'll no, just. Yeah. You don't want any distance. We'll give you seventeen hundred horsepower. Go right, for it, exactly. boys. Uh, which again, in that type of rocket ship, is pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> so that's pretty good. Um, and I'm interested to see how it goes. That's only been like the very first like little release. I don't know much more about the car. I don't know if you guys have seen much more of the official specs. Well, it's it's, of it's what just it's a supposed to be at the moment. So. Exactly. So I don't think they have because they have also um, uh, a little bit later. We're going to talk about the uh, the other Dodge uh, EV car that's coming out. Um, but uh, again, just sticking on this, um, whatever it becomes, I hope they keep the design language. Because, yeah. again, if this is where I we're agree. moving with design of cars, I'm so happy. Yeah, they have to keep that design on point because that's just a sexy reiteration of, you know, the Challengers. So. Exactly. Just like that old, uh, or not old, but that last uh, episode or few back that we were talking uh, about the uh, Hyundai and Vision. Yeah. It's, mm -hmm. if you make me cars like that, I am so ready for the future. Um, no, so, again, whatever, I, I want to see what they do with that. Um, uh, but, you know, time will tell. I think uh, then we have the third car kind of in our lineup of, of like new cars yes. that just kind of hit, which is the first one we were going to actually talk about before the other two, uh, you know, broke the, the scene, really. Uh, and it's the Polestar 6. Polestar uh, 6. So take a look at this thing. It is uh, a full-on uh, sports car from Polestar. Uh, they already have some cars out right now. I've seen some of them on the road. People are buying them. Mm -hmm. uh, they're very nice equipped. They already are very powerful. Um, this is their answer to the sports car market and their moniker, which is always a good one to put up on the wall is the Porsche 911. Yep. Uh, so again, uh, Polestar is a no nonsense, have built some incredibly powerful things. Um, th now it may be too expensive. Uh, it may be more expensive than most Porsches even, and yeah. might be on the rivalry of some of the Hawaii GT Porsches, but even the fact that they're setting that as the moniker means that they have to do a lot of drivability, a lot of stabilization. It has to have steering and it has to have suspension feedback. And uh, I'm excited because Polestar is a wildly uh, accurate company. Um, kind of reminds me of 350Z or 370Z. Right. It, it's, the, it's the headlights and the surfacing and the front yeah. fenders. But but more styled. You know yeah, what I mean? Like it's, like they gave it even, like they had they got a bigger budget to do right. the design. Right. That's mm -hmm. what I mean. Because those lights are gorgeous. That big light, they're kind of testament big light bar that they always do in the back mm -hmm. with all the, I mean, I think it's gorgeous as well. 
That interior is going to be fantastic. Yeah. Uh, the Polestar interiors, everything I've said, well, in, looks like a, piano stuff. I'm, I'm just a fan <laughs> of Scandinavian design because, I yes. mean, Polestar is, apparent, is not apparent, but it's very adjacent to um, Volvo. For and sure. So designing at Volvo, learning about, you know, Scandinavian design and inspiration, I mean... They take on the lessons more approach of everything. I mean, you just look at that interior and it just it's fundamentally sound to exactly what you need. Yep. No, no crazy, you know, uh, surface changes unless it's um, necessary. You know yep. what I mean? But it looks so spacious and comfortable. Yeah. Um, and you it looks like watch. it can absolutely handle everything I would need. It looks like a like a I mean, it looks like a spaceship. I mean, I keep bringing it up, but it start they're starting to no, look yeah. more and more like I'm a captain and I'm just going to be engaged. You know, and there we go. We'll just float forward. What were you going to say, Dano? Uh, have you guys watched any YouTube videos on this car? There's no. one where uh, a drone pops out of the back. No! Yeah, that's crazy. No way. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Polestar would do something like that. Yeah. Let's try well, to find well, that. Well, what's the reason for that? To just capture while you're dipping? Yeah, or, that's or what did... they do in the video. Oh, and then what? like later on, they're like, we don't know if the production car is actually going to have the drone. Right. But that should. Just to get everyone excited. But... On but a design standpoint, a, is it yeah. this one? You think it's it's a beautiful vehicle. So. Well, Al's gonna keep looking for the video, but that's very cool if they do have something like that. Oh, there it is. Oh, right there. Even to check one. for traffic or to like <laughs> film the scene. If somebody tries to run away, it deploys it above you and just starts to film. Yeah. So it's just like, yeah, if you take off, I'm gonna have a video of you, and the drone will follow you. Like that's basically what happens. He's like ripping it down a canyon road, and then oh the back comes God. up, and the drone comes out. All right, guys, we're gonna just take a look at the video. Hopefully, we don't get demonetized by YouTube, which I'm sure we will. But that's okay. <laughs> we don't need the money. <laughs> <laughs> now we need it. Uh, Man, look! At, I just love how beautifully this is shot. Is this oh the one? Oh my goodness! It looks yeah. like it. Yeah, I think so. They feel a buffer to its. There's a little 1080. bit of buffer. So sorry that we, uh, you know, with looks the, like it's being recorded oh, by a toaster. But, <laughs> 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 but anyway, it's uh, God. It still looks good even in bad resolution. Yeah. Oh, there um, it goes. That rear end is great. What? That oh my god, if it does deploy a <laughs> helipad that, that comes hey, out of the back. <laughs> that's a, that's that's like a hardcore flex. Like I'm gonna spend two hundred thousand dollars on this Porsche killer. Yep. And I'm doing it green and then I'm gonna record you getting beat <laughs> getting beat yeah. in a four K. I can see that's gonna give a live stream to watch you be defeated. I can see it in traffic applications too. Like I can absolutely see or an accident application yeah. where it just deploys and so you can't like make up stories. You just it's it's deploying stuff immediately in case something weird happens. Um yeah. That's pretty wild though. Um, yeah, that, is, that is pretty wild. But I mean looking at the, the vehicle and the design of it, man, it's just it's a sexy car. It is. It is. So, again, I love that they're chasing against the 911. I don't know much about, like, again, the power plant. I think it's still completely in design unless you guys have uh, some information I haven't been able to gleam. But, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, with what they've already made at Polestar, we're still looking at probably, you know, you could easily make it five, 600 horsepower without much of a uh, trial, I would yeah, think. Yeah, it's, so. it's rated at uh, upper 600s. Yep. I'm just like. Selling the range of 200K. Yep. So, here's a, here's a question I ask you guys. At you 200K, go. does it really um you know puts does the, does the vehicle become a premium vehicle because it's um more expensive than a Porsche 911 well no because i think it's in the same vein i mean yes it's a it but it is a premier vehicle right like yeah. it, it's it's trying to be a premier vehicle and if it deploys a helicopter Basically, that it absolutely yeah. is a premier vehicle because, like, that'd be like, <laughs> James well, why Bond. doesn't my boat have a helipad? Well, because you don't have billions. Yeah, like, and it's like, well, not everybody gets to. So, I mean, now you're because talking because you can't afford because you can't afford two hundred k 
Right. So, I mean, I like, and they'll have cheaper ones. And again, the other ones that they're making are not that expensive. They're in the 50, 60, 70 K, but they're still more reasonable um, than this one would be, which this one is kind of, I think, a halo. And especially if they're going for the 911, um, you know, they're obviously not shooting for the base. No. Which, if we're all honest, Porsche is not selling any of the bases to nope. anybody. Nobody's buying mm -hmm. the base Porsche. Because if they have the money to buy a Porsche, they're buying the GT cars. So... Let's talk about that, because Porsche hit everybody in the face last week. Smacked everybody. Uh, with the brand new 911 GT3 RS. And if this is now where the bar is set for where Polestar has to compete, that's pretty dang high. Now, it may be more expensive. People have been rumoring, like, maybe about $325,000, which is an extra $125,000 or hundred k over what maybe Polestar would charge for theirs. Um, and of course, dealer markups may just say it's a million dollar car and they're just evil. Who knows? Yeah, who uh, knows? They're totally being so man, greedy on the GT cars. So but let's just talk about the car. It's crazy. It's fucking sexy. So just tell me about the design because, first off, it has more wings than anything I've ever seen in so my life, Walter. This, this car. <laughs> so I guess in, in building this and designing this vehicle, they didn't really care about putting out the high horsepower motor you know it's right. naturally aspirated 511 horsepower something like 518, that? 518 in 518. comparison to the rs being only um or no the r only being at 508 okay and but they really where they really accelerated in terms of this product is the vehicle being lightweight i mean active aero um i mean you want to talk about the vehicle and every single panel is carbon fiber the door, the doors are carbon fiber. They have carbon fiber uh, roof, roof wings to push hot air coming from the engine, so that <laughs> wait, cool air goes into the rear inducts. I mean, it's very thoughtful on an aerodynamic basis. You know, right? Um, they have this thing called the DRS. So if you're going in a straight line, mm -hmm. the rear wing goes flat. Yep. And that way you can accelerate and get those top speeds. Right. And man, it's it's one of those things that's just very thoughtful. Which is a direct take from F1. from Formula One. Exactly. And that see is, how, that see is how they're setting it down, up, baby. <laughs> see how they're setting it up for uh, twenty twenty six. Yep. They're setting up all the technology and saying, "Hey, look at this. Look at the technology we already have. We can make this. Watch. We'll give it to your regular cars. Yeah. Regular, regular GT cars, cars, and then see how it. Performs. You can buy Formula One tech on your <laughs> Porsche before they go. Which into is F1, right? Yeah, before they go into F1, which is wild. And again, I thought That's that insane. was so cool. Um, That's cool. Wings on the hood, wings on the wheels, wing and back, just automatically. I mean, it's it, it's a full out race car. You know, what it I mean? is. And the, well, the cool thing about it is, if you look in the interior, yes. Oh man, they got all the switches and everything all, all ready for you. You yes. know. Yes. So look at let's do, yeah as much as we can look at that picture because look at how much of a detail there's Alcantara everywhere, all of the uh, like that. like little dials and gauges have like crystal digital uh, lettering and numbers behind them like it's all mm -hmm. in in an. It's very piano-like. In my opinion, that's very much like a finished piano. You're, oh, you've done every extra stitch, and it's all behind crystal, and it's all going to be, you have to keep it maintained, but it's very done, as opposed right. to what it is, which is a race car. So right. they've blended both pretty dang well. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it'll ride still fairly hard, and other things like that, which you have to kind of accept when you have, you know, super, you know, aggressive suspension, high levels of that. I mean, there'll be settings, but I imagine, again, that'll be a really nice place to just be. You can probably take this on a fairly like, you know, 
good drive without you know fatiguing yourself too much. Well, that's what they have it set up for. Is like right. They want it to be for people who want to get into the racing spirit and into racing tracks mm-hmm. for either short sprints or longevity or lo- for the long haul. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, this car was built around the idea of Le Mans, right? And then also the um, the other race. I forget what the name of it is. To be honest. Um, but short and long races mm-hmm. is what it's equipped for. I mean, it's it's built that way. You know? Absolutely. Again, so aggressive, so crazy. Um, don't have price points. Just have some of the specs and all of the pictures. They just uh, you know kind of unleash the thing on the world. Oh, there's another interior. Oh, there we go. Here's a great another interior. I mean, again, it looks so finished for what it is, for being the high-level race car that it is with all of this aerodynamic technology. And, I mean, it's going to be a super track weapon. Mm-hmm. Um they usually always set the Nurburgring record for at least That's a short time while it keeps, you know, it always gets beat by something. But it, they usually set it um, at least for a short time with every <clears throat> GT3 RS they come out with. So this this yeah, car look at looks that like it's good. So this car looks like it's going to be priced at around two twenty-five. Right. Well, there, and there's guesses. Of course, they say that, but then they come out and it's more, and then dealers mark it up like ADM. crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and they mark it up. Even worse at the at the Porsche dealership because again Porsche doesn't sell very many of their base cars even though they're great nope. uh, they're just too expensive now and now it's really the people that have the money would just rather have the GT car because it's really the special cars and they maintain their value and they seem to even go up um, so those things all you know kind of go into why these things become so much more expensive and even dealers can ask like oh we're just going to add an extra hundred K to it like <laughs> it's like just no problem Danelle do you like Porsches yeah what do you think of something this kind of design and wild. I actually do like the design a lot. Okay. Like, I know Walter's seen my FRS, and I'm all about the like the aggressive and like big wings and and wings everywhere. And yeah. Yeah. So. So does this aerodynamic like speak to your kind of like this is how you would like to see more things come out when they do full race from factories? Be like, yes, give me the real race stuff. Give me, give the, me the big wing. Give gang. me the aerodynamics that actually like adjust. Give me the the like cold air like or hot air like just dis- dispersion wings. Like give me the whole kit and caboodle. Don't just give me vents that don't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Don't give yeah, me no, fake sure. louvers. Don't give me All something right. that's like this adds weight, but this is actually not a good idea to put this here. Um you I mean, could want you, more of this. I mean could you imagine if uh Toyota had a TRD package that kind of emulated this, like oh my sick. goodness, crazy, right? Well, and maybe, <laughs> maybe we get those things. Maybe those things, when these things start to really hit, maybe they start to say, oh, well, maybe they would like an active wing that has some like, you know, uh, what is it, DSR? Yeah, DS, yeah, DSR uh, ad- adaptability. Um, I think that would be again. I hope people take cues from only Porsche's ingenuity and creativity, and then just trickle it down also to be like, oh, we can make that, and it doesn't have to be. Uh, on the GT car. We right. can just mil- make it as an extra option. You can put it on all these ones, which would be, again, very cool. Um, but my God, look at that front end. If you're watching along on the YouTube, that is uh, an aggressive-looking front end of a car. Um, Seriously. Beautiful headlights. <laughs> it is beautiful. Uh, have it, I mean, again, hats off to Porsche. Um, they do make a heck of a GT car. You know what detail I like about this vehicle the most? Hmm. Is that little orange light by the side fender vent. That's one of my favorite things, too. Um, it's just a little that little blinker those little details and it's done so fine it looks right delicate out. it looks right super there. light yeah and that's just so extra people can see if they're taking a right turn it's that practicality <laughs> just like which again i don't know how many gt3 porsche owners use their turn signal Ooh. but it is there <laughs> for them to use if they should cho- choose to mobbing um so i mean that again such a bunch of amazing new cars from electric ones to um petrol ones but 
Uh, on that same keel, uh, I want to talk about the other dodge that has not as been, I guess, exciting or talked about in the same vein as the, the Challenger dodge. Daytona. But the Hornet is going to be Dodge's first crossover and real step into the EV market, uh, market yeah. with a really longer range, with a motor that is like truly like plug-in hybrid, um, and kind of again a crossover that's really in the right kind of size as a CRV um, Rav Four yeah, kind so of like thing, s- um, mid size, mid compact. Right. Which again, Dodge making the Durango, other big ones, but they're big, right. they're huge, and they have extra large ones of the Durango. Uh, they have like one called the Citadel. Right. I mean, that's like a giant like place where you train soldiers. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <It's huge. laughs> so this is going to be cool. They also are dodging it out because they have like a base model. They've got like a, like a mid grade that has like a scat pack and then they have an RT version, which is like mm-hmm. even like almost like 380 horsepower or something like that. It's still plug-in, but it just like bangs out like a little bit more juice. Um, so and they know, have different modes from my, from my understanding. Yeah, you that's have, what like, I'm a, seeing. A switch that gives it a not, uh, you know, an additional fifty horsepower or something like that. Right, right, right. And so, oh yeah, for like fifteen seconds, it's like yeah. an overboost, like it's an like overjuice power, like a nitrous so, action. Um, mm-hmm. So they're always thinking about, you know, I guess intriguing ways of making um, fun in their cars. And so I'm glad that they're, you know, again last to the to the, I guess, uh, races for making EV and making for some plug-in stuff. Obviously, then they hit it double time with making the Hornet, and people were like, oh, they're finally here. And then they slammed the door closed by being like hey uh we're also got this uh challenge this challenger that's also completely electric and wild as hell and designed so i mean they're definitely stepping in that direction i think this one will sell to quite a bit more people because the entry level was somewhere in like the 29 to 31 thousand dollar range depending on option and that's pretty reasonable and it doesn't look bad i mean it has some cool kind of styling and if they can get the same guy who did the daytona to do some like option packages on it Oh man, he could make a fascia and other things look it's really probably cool. Probably different project, different studio. For sure, yeah. I imagine it is. But you know, you always hope for some trickle down. Like, yeah. give them the tail light covers; they'll look better. Um, but again, I think it's cool. Uh, I like the Dodge is bringing some fun to the uh, electric car market as well. Like again, just an overboost button. It, it's silly, but yeah. I yeah. But that's what some of the market wants for fun times. You want people to be in and you know behind behind the wheel and be like check this out yeah you know what i mean exactly i don't want them to lose that lust for fun and like stories and laughter inside yeah. their car as they overboost in their ev while that's, they're not even wasting more the best gas part, you know, you know? Mm-hmm. they're actually saving the planet still while they overboost so like when you install something new in your car you're like check this out <laughs> want to go for a ride for check sure. this out so now what do you think I mean, looking at it from a photographer standpoint, like from just obviously the beautiful photography the, photos. Is that sexy to you? Is this something like, I mean... I was actually looking at it earlier today, and I I like the way the direction crossovers are going lately. Like, I feel like... Are you more excited about that market, that, that size yeah. of vehicle? Nice, okay. Like, before crossovers were like, eh, they kind of just look like the sedan version of the car, and they just made it look a little more higher off the ground sure Got a little more hatch, off-road and they're or just something, like okay yeah. cool it's a crossover now right <laughs> right like the what was it the honda accord cross tour cross yeah, 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 or those cross ones where it's tour, like yeah. okay this is like you made something and it has the fr- same don't get front- me started on that car oh, dear. Yeah. i'll show you like sketches of it oh it was fabulous it was amazing but then the production version came out and it was like <laughs> right it was, it was a yeah it was an odd shaped accord with an accord front end uh but i mean again I guess, like we said, there's some cool ones coming out. Um, this one is one of them. What would be another one that you've seen that you kind of like Ooh. from that kind of market that you've seen in the crossovers? Uh, I can't remember the name off the top of my head. It's Alfa Romeo Stelvio. 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 Oh, yeah. Stelvio. Stelvio. Is, that, is that considered crossover? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's yeah. a sexy car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, it's, uh, you know, 
in-house Chrysler. Right. <laughs> you know right, that. Right, right. You know that. Right, right. Uh, but yeah, no, again, I think that's another great one. Um, some of those small crossovers are great dimensionally. Um, I even like the HRV. Yeah, I, the I like the way HRV the proportions nice. sit on it. It's cute. Um, so I think Compact. if they keep making that Lovely. size car and also keep adapting some cool, you know, functions and um, add-ons to them, I think, you know, again, cool stuff to come out. It's EV. As long as I can fit my bikes in there, you know? Yeah. I mean, Reminds me of the Corolla. <laughs> the <laughs> crossover. Bikes, man. Corolla. Is there a crossover Corolla coming out as well? Uh-huh. It kind of looks like the, uh, like a smaller Mazda CX-5. Oh, okay. I mean, again, it's I like that size. That. I just yeah. don't know how it's going to look in person. If it's going to look like a fat Corolla. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like one that's yeah. just like puffy, like marshmallowy. Oh, I don't know. You like know what I mean? That's a, yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know, you just see some cars that are just like, wow, that's just round. And you're, oh. Oh, man. <laughs> God damn. Biggie in the house. Um, yeah, but I think it's, I mean, uh, I think it's cool. I, I'm glad the Dodge is there. Um, we'll see what it comes as, as it uh, actually hits the market. But um, moving on from um, electric cars over to petrol cars, Mazda's moving in the opposite direction. And they're actually doing away, it seems like, with their two liter. They're just keeping it consistent. And they're all their base models are now going to at least be two point five liters. They're really standing mm-hmm. behind the Sky Active technology, the Mazda three, the Mazda six, all the other uh, smaller uh, crossovers and things like that are no longer going to be offered with the smaller motor. They're all going to have the larger one. Um, I think it's just a final push before they figure out what they're going to do with. With an electrical motor, go easy. Is that it? What do you really think? That's it is? what I honestly think. It's I mean, the easiest like, way to save money to keep all yeah. the production going, but production you just don't going, know. Okay. Keep, you know, we'll keep the current lineup going, and then like, now they're just like, we got to put something to market. Yep. And what is this electrical vehicle going to look like? That's what I'm kind of excited for because it's a setup. You know, like for sure, you can't. You're only running as long as um, what's trending. Yeah, and with the petrols slowly being phased out, people dumping more money into the ideas of new EV markets. I mean, this is the sign of the times. It's a shift, so it'll be interesting uh, what Mazda does in the future with having an electrical motor. Right and, now, uh, have EV. they released any stuff about their electric motor stuff? No, not nothing I'm aware of. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's there's been talks and details about it. But sure, I haven't heard anything breaking. I, have, I haven't seen been, anything yeah, breaking. Nothing new. So, until that happens, I wouldn't be surprised if that you know surfaces before next year. Mm-hmm. I mean, they's got they have to have something. You know what I mean? I've heard rumors, only rumors, that there's been some electric crossover with rotary that Ooh. they've been talking about, where rotary would be a range extender, very small one on an electric motor, but nothing that's been confirmed, nothing that's like really real. Um, I like Mazda from an idea of technology. They build wild things. Now, I'm a little biased because I have a rotary Mazda, but... <laughs> the wankle. But the fact that they do that kind of stuff and they kind of push passion for driving, driving fun. A lot of their vehicles for a long time had, like, a dynamic where they're like, we're going to give you some, like, some real, like, bang for your buck. Yeah, I mean, when... I mean, just look at the RX series. Absolutely. I mean, even the Mazda Speed, some people thought it was kind of silly. And even, you know, there was some downfall to the Mazda 3 just because it was so, like, uh, uh, out of control happy uh, with its over kind of torque steer and everything. But the yeah. Mazda 6 with its all-wheel drive was really a, a, a cheap version of, and a much more uh, 
cost-effective version of an Audi S4. Yeah, it was wonderful should, inside that I car. I felt like they needed to develop that more, you know? For sure. Um, but I love that Mazda is like, you know, I, I hope that Mazda, whatever they make with their electric motor, would be something unique and interesting because they do that all the time. They break away sometimes from the mold, and I enjoy what they make. I've yeah. enjoyed the Mazdas that I've that I've owned and, and driven. The Miata, testament to also them making yep. something for so long, loving sport, and being simple, the Miata is by no means the fastest sports car in the world, no, but, but it, it is a consistent, great, too. and mm -hmm. nobody, including the high-end like level drivers, get behind that car and say it's not a great car to drive. Yeah. All of them have always said, yeah, it is what it is, but this is fun. This is just fun. I, I can mean, have so much fun with this. It's a good entry level. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. To understanding, too, what is fun about motoring. Yeah, seriously. I mean, a lot of people that I've spoken to that have had Miatas... In the past, they just like, man, you can thrash that car, you can rev that car up, yep. high rev, because it's not like your average, you know, um, valve and belt motor, you know? Yeah. No, it, it's truly, uh, again, I, I think whatever Mazda does come out with, they will keep some of their spirit alive. Right. And that will make some I really mean, they have stuff. to. Yeah, they have to. Oh, they have to. Yeah, I think that that's totally, uh, yeah, true. So, and that brings us to something that uh, we want to talk about because we had a great announcement from Al... Uh, to the world, which is yeah. that yeah. more beautiful humans are joining the world as Al is going to be welcoming a sweet baby into this world come December. Mm -hmm. um, congratulations, Al, of Thank course. You. Thank you. And so we also wanted to just kind of shine some light onto what I'm the gonna current... going to be an uncle. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are going to be uncles. This is the village that's going to raise them. <laughs> <laughs> know about cars. Head spins and turn and wrench. Those are going to be the two, <laughs> two tasks. Um, so looking at... The market as it is there's lots of you know different um uh ways to look at the car market but we wanted to look at what is now a family you know starting out looking for as far as a vehicle and what are those vehicles uh available at some kind of reasonable price point we kind of set something up there and saying fifty thousand dollars we thought you know a family both people working i imagine right. um, they've got maybe one maybe two children um, but when you're starting out, what does the market look like? What can you get for that type of money? Um, $50,000? 50000 $50,000. Man, I'm, isn't 50000 like a CRV right now? <laughs> I mean, that is the, that is the is, crazy yeah. thing. Because you can't a brand get, new CRV. Because you can't get um, inventory. Uh, there's huge markup on certain inventory, certain types, certain models. But let's take that out because obviously some at some point it will alleviate well, and something will come back let's ask l michael this what are your requirements as right someone that is expecting to come start on, a family? uh safety of course safety, right okay. volvo right there. yeah no <laughs> <laughs> boom <laughs> but it's not under 50. see okay so okay there we go and then um i'm kind of looking towards the used car market okay okay um and then it has to follow under reliability Okay, and so then Japanese. does it have the creature comforts of uh, being uh, comfortable on a long trip? Okay. Mm -hmm. um, will it be smart enough so that my wife can park in parallel without banging up the front and rear bumpers? Right. Okay. So it has okay. to be somewhat newer. So that kind of brings it into like the 08, 09. Okay. Certain technologies, technologies you want to have with it. You know what my answer is? Mm -hmm. Lexus GX. GX, okay. GX. I Let's feel like that's the 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 family. Okay. Now why? And I know you said used. Well, used again. Used. We are all about you know used cars here, but but let's also look at what what can you even get in the market right now. I mean, again, we're going to try to take out the 
dealer markups of craziness. But what is a $50,000 car in the market right now? So Brand new. For a family car. Now, again, Al, you're kind of saying a car or SUV? SUV. SUV. So yeah. he definitely wants an SUV. We're also kind of, you know, obviously you could look look at cars as well, but SUVs kind of nowadays, especially with kids growing up, you're always going to take more kids. You're going to have sports. You're going to have, like, you know, gatherings you got to go to. You got to move other kids around. So looking at SUVs, I mean, we have this, you know, 2013 Lexus LX750. Comes in at 36.9. Um... What kind of options do we are we talking about here, Al? Kind of give me the the breakdown I mean, of what this sweet, hits for you. Sweet LX. It, it, it's uh, it's nice. It's it, it's luxurious. Okay. Um, it has the ride, the air ride, suspension, and has the four wheel drive. Being Pacific Northwest, so when it snows, I can still use it. Um, it has the technology where it has the wide angle front and side, so the wife can go around the corner and not sideswipe another vehicle or. You know, always important. Um, and you know, it's a Toyota in reality, so very true. Um, maintenance on it shouldn't be an arm and a leg, mm-hmm. and it's, it's uh, reliable. And, and and it's a Lexus version, so it says luxury, and okay. it kind of makes me feel good in a way. Okay. Just, so there's certainly some good used cars out there mm-hmm. on the market that are great. What are we looking at as a new car? Look at something brand new, and what what do we have an option as? Look at the same kind of thing from Lexus right now. Five what is Lexus? <laughs> What is Lexus selling as far as their middle range uh, SUV? I don't know what is, do they still make the LX. Even line, the even or they the, changed it. Even the smallest compact brand new they have is not in the fifty thousand. Yeah, the range. NX. So let's just bring it up. Let's so bring up the NX at, and yeah, see what the Lexus NX. Lexus NX. Mm-hmm. Brand new. Brand new. Let's look at <laughs> brand new one. <laughs> Has it really gone to that point? I yeah, just want to see. It's gone like, to that point. Let's take a look because I want to see. No it also, under 50k anymore. Let's let's be also realistic. I want to look at a little bit of comparison to comparison. We're looking there at the is. LX 460 compared to the NX base 200h or whatever it right. is. Yeah, base. Right. Prove us wrong. It's like, come on, give me a price. Mm. 2022. The price is 39. And then after tax and everything, and so thirty nine. So we're looking at thirty nine. Yeah, so which we'll is call, more. We'll, we'll just call it forty. So it's more than the LX four sixty from twenty thirteen by a lot, of course. <laughs> LX five seventy. Um, what type of options are you getting with this type of thing? Now you're gonna get a, uh, you know, you, you may get a warranty with the other one, but you're definitely gonna get a warranty with this one. Um, go down some of the lists of what this kind of thing has that would be like a pro for for what you were looking at before. Does does it have I guess it has a little bit less room. It has less room. Okay. So five seats, seven seats. Okay. Uh, got the four banger. Right. V8. Right. Now, again, mm. some people would want more gas mileage, in which case this car specifically would speak to them, but they're nowhere near getting close to the same amount of size or amount of kids in this car. Right. So and they're also taking those kids a little bit slower yeah. through things, and they're not going over uh, mountain passes. No snowboarding. Safety-wise, right, the size of it. Right. Um, does it have the technology though? Does it have? It does the, not have the technology. It doesn't. So none of these uh, cameras It'll, around corner. It doesn't have the camera around the corner, right? Okay. Okay. So not fully decked out, and it's already a little bit ex- more expensive. You'd have to add probably those features if they're offered on this model. If they're not, you'd have to choose a more expensive right. model. Right. And they do, but that brings it over fifty thousand. Okay. So you yeah. have to add the technology you're starting Man. to get now up into the mid forties, fifties. Um, so I mean, really, that that kind of tells you i mean just even looking brand to brand it, what do we have for a new lx 570 what size is it now 
I think it went up, right? At like 600 now. Is it 600? Okay. Them big bodies. And they start at 86,000. 86,000. That's a, $36, a $30,000 jump. You know? Huge. Huge. And again, that is Get to be... Car. Now, that's bigger <laughs> than, than the one that we were looking at from 2013. But again, it's not that much bigger. You can get a race car. And yeah, I mean... But I mean, if you buy with with the amount of money that Al like would spend on that truck, like the 2013 one, right? Um, if you could get it with a warranty, which again, if you're getting it from a Lexus dealership or a Toyota dealership, they do a lot of pre-owned, mm-hmm. uh, and which come with you know specialty warranties that they'll that, you know great. You don't have to worry about anything. Again, from a brand that we don't really think we have to worry about that stuff with. So I imagine the new car wouldn't have a lot of those problems either. But you're getting so much more for one that just doesn't have slightly new. Ecotech? I would say because so. Because again, you have an old school yeah. V8, but that and then you're paying for design, you know? You're paying for design for sure, and you're paying for the gas, so you're going to pay way more in gas, but. Um, and that motor is bulletproof, too. It's it, like, again, it's proven. Yeah, again, yeah, it's, it's a, still a Toyota, so it, I think V8, it's hard to argue how you would buy a new car in the guess, market unless you really just wanted new things or. Yeah, unless you're that person that has to get the new, new, you know what I mean? Right, or you just have enough affluence that you don't need to worry about it. Because yeah. I think. The used car market, even though again certain aspects of it have blown out of control, other ones like getting a, a nice LX, you know, uh, from the you know mid two thousands, is actually a very well equipped car already, and you're getting it for pennies on the dollar comparatively. And then you have to ask yourself, what are you prioritizing? Right. right. Is it the creature comforts? Is it the displacement? Is it the motor? Is it the right. fuel? You know, is it the seating arrangement? Right. I mean, that's all things that you have to take in consideration when, I guess. You know, starting your family out, you know? True. True, true. And then, um, you have another app? Uh, I do have another. Okay, let's see this other example. What you got Just here? because um, back in 07, yeah. um, Mercedes released the, the GL. Yes. Okay. And that was one of the other first cars that I had in 07. Okay. Michael was balling. <laughs> see how he said that? He's like, back in 07. Back in 07. Uh, <laughs> and then, that plane money was raining. <laughs> <laughs> and then and in 2011, I traded that in for a GL 450. Gotcha, okay. No, GL 350, which had the, the diesel blue tech. Okay. And then um, now they got the GL 63. Okay. Which is even higher. So right. I'm like, oh, I could revisit this. This platform. This platform again. No, familiar with it. Uh, Now, how old is this one? This is a 2016. Okay, so even newer than the Lexus. Right. A little bit more expensive because after tax and licensing, you'd probably be into the 50s. Right. Um, But you may be able to find one of these still with a little bit more miles or something like that, and it would be maybe down in the lower 40s. Right. Right. Still kind of baller. But great vehicle, huge. Is it a five seater or is it a seven seater? It's a seven Seven seater. seater, So again, we still have the same size, same technology. Um, uh, with the they have the heads up 360, so Excellent. it's the full, full 360 full view. 360 view. If this is a 63, I imagine you're going to be paying a lot of gas mm. as opposed to like a brand new Lexus. Yeah, but again, you know, it's an AMG, so you yeah. have a huge you, you you do get a bunch of power. So I guess again, if you're trying to have still some fun as dad, um, this one kind of checks that box. And this motor um, has been around since uh, 2010, 2012. Okay, so it's. Had some gone through its years, uh, generations, yeah. and they haven't. They've worked out any big exactly. Bugs. Yeah. Sure. So 2016 is the last year of that motor. Right. So they've worked out the stretching of the um, timing chain. And, gotcha. Yeah. And I think all those are some of the things I remember from some of those Mercedes right. uh, ones. But yeah. Okay. So that means that those things have been fixed, which is great. Um, okay. Um, again, this one's a little, quite a bit more than the other Lexus, but um, again, still some some great options out there. But they seem to be more gotta go used because if you want the higher stuff, what is a new? GLX 
2022. Oh, I don't think. I just want to see. I just want to see. <laughs> I want. I want to say it's like. So it's not a GL anymore. It's called a GLS. <laughs> okay, so let's see what the GLS. Basically, if uh, and what would be the GLS 63 2022? Your yearly salary. No, if you're <laughs> that's what it's going to cost. Uh, Times two. Hundred thirty-five thousand. Hundred and thirty-five. So now for Mercedes, one thirty-five. Uh, yeah, boy, uh, <laughs> it's a lot so, of chips, man. Yeah. So again, so in that case, again, the, then in that case, that is a great value because you're getting again a lot of Mercedes technology, equal at least to the what you would get from the LX. It's a little bit newer. It's a little bit more expensive, but it has a ton more stuff. And comparatively to what the new one is, you have a ton of value that you're getting from that's that right. used stuff. Um, I imagine, you know, even the new one is probably similar in size. It might have a little bit more room, but probably not that much more room. Uh, probably has definitely more tech and stuff like that. Probably more power, but can't be that much more. You have a bi-turbo right. V8. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, again, I think the biggest thing we're, we're getting so far, we're two for two, I would argue, for its used car market. Got to go. Yeah. If you want to go under 50K and have anything reasonably equipped and actually save some money or get some value you have to go used yeah. and then i've been p following for the past two months of these vehicles sure and it's slowly there's like showing more and more onto the market and they're becoming cheaper and cheaper so right. i'm like i'm just gonna hold out real quick and yeah it is cooling down i've heard the market is cooling in certain ways and people are doing shifts and we're so that maybe yeah you might be on the cusp of getting like one real good six more months get the amg package and the forgiados <laughs> 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 you gotta throw the 4G out on the Benzo, though. Yeah. You know? So, 4Gs. Um, so that's where I kind of, I'm at right now. Just nice. So do we have any, do we have a last one uh, that you could, that you've thought of or any that you've looked at in the used car market that you'd be like, yeah, this one would be like a third one maybe that I would kind of consider. Infinity, or, the, the Q60, Q50. Q60? Q60? The yeah. big, the big, the big uh, kind the big of round, one, yeah. round SUV. So I think that one has a huge V8. Stay of a seven-seater. That's right. Gotcha. Okay, so let's take a look at one of those ones just to see again. I think that one will probably be the most reasonable priced, I would imagine. Um, Q60. I don't know how Nissan is as far as their oh, large size motors and its um, uh, longevity, oh. its drivability. Does anybody is anybody more of a Nissan Datsun aficionado that can speak more to the? I couldn't tell you. To be motors honest. of Infinity. Yeah, I really have never really uh, dived QX, deep into that. QX60 um, is that the QX. one? Yeah, I think it's QX60. Eighty. But I think that one is uh, eighty thousand. No, QX80 is the. Oh, the QX80 new one. is the go. big body. So, but is huge. that the new one? Um, that's a big body. New one, yeah. It's <laughs> When they start making <laughs> seventy-one. Yeah, okay, so that one, yeah. Okay, so chunkle it. Um, that. Either that one or the one right before it, which would, I think, be the QX60 or whatever it would be. But again, we're kind of getting in front of ourselves. The idea is still any one of these seem to be, and if we can find an example, we'll, we'll prove it. But they seem to be in the between 30 and maybe 48 for these types of used cars between mm -hmm. 2010 and 2016. Right. And we went all the way up to high-end Mercedes. Again, you could get the GL, uh, not the AMG one. And it would probably be quite it's a bit cheaper. 30. So there you go. So, I mean, there's another <laughs> comparison, one with, which would still have probably, technology-wise, you could still get all those camera mm -hmm. things. You wouldn't get the bi-turbo V8. But, again, you could get some other even gas mileage or a diesel one, right. other size, size uh, types of gas mm -hmm. to use. So, um, again, it still seems like the used car market is the way to go. Um, if, you know, even the new Infiniti one has to be probably in the 80s. Um, or trade your cars in, you know? Yep. Oh man! So I think it's gonna be yeah. Let's talk about cars. that. So let me ask you that. So with uh, ex 
expecting you know the little one on the way are you that has it crossed your mind to get rid of a few cars in the collection because you have quite a couple vehicles in the stable <sighs> yeah <laughs> you womp, say that with womp. such yeah. confidence no i i can't like they're my first babies yeah i can't yeah, right? i can't get rid of them like a lot of them has been purchased new or slightly used from right. mom and dad and sure we've had stories of doing long trips to california with them and yeah they have yep. all, all sentimental value. there's right? a lot of sentimental value i mean we've been approached multiple times on oh, hey sure. are you gonna sell this oh yeah i'm and sure like, nah I'll, th I'll i'll think about it i'll run it by with the family and yeah but yeah here we are i still still have them good yeah still tinkering yeah that's a no-go Yep. No, I so think no. you're just adding uh, to, just it. Yeah, add to it. Just add to it. Yeah, you're just, just collecting more. more. Uh, if anything, yeah. Double no, down. I'll yeah, take nothing. two, bartender. Um, I think that's, uh, but I think we have uh, you know, argued and made the point that really you have to look at the used car market, especially if you're starting a new family. Yeah. If you're looking for these kind of vehicles, you're not going to be able to, to start out with a new car. And it just doesn't make sense. You're just yeah. not getting enough for what the new car market is asking. Yeah, right. so for, um, you know, all you... Um, new fam or people out there expecting you know little babies on the way or you know you get a little surprise you know that you're having a baby out of you yeah know, be prepared you yeah. can just hit that used car market hit that used car market mm -hmm. uh it's much better than the, than the new and you just you're really paying for just minor changes comparatively to what you're really getting from yeah. value so and you'll get those that's our helpful items. quarter in that way which i think also leads us to something that kind of just uh you know families safety the society there's something new and interesting that's being set up to um to get the takeover slash like like street uh burnout um um uh, scene or or i i guess takeovers uh takeovers but but it's like really they're trying to, to take take the whole idea of doing it on this on the city street to another level they're they're going with these things right. called uh bots dots bots dots and again you've seen some of these things um just on different parts of the road on the freeway um they're used to, you know, uh, stop, you know, wheels from getting traction. They're used to um, give weird angles and bounce tires and um, disrupt uh, the ability to do things like burnouts. Um, or, you know, if it's on the side of like a freeway or if it's on something like um, a runoff, it'd be to slow you down, like to, 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 you know, cause friction in the tires to make them hop, to have that kind of stuff. So this is kind of, I guess, the subtle answer to starting to do this. And they started to put them in Compton. And they put them around some of the most taken over uh, intersections. Um, right now, they're putting a basic cross between it, which basically just allows you. So if you're trying to do a burnout in it, you just keep skipping your tires and you can't keep getting traction. So you end up either damaging something or just losing control. So you don't really get a run. Um, what do you guys think? Uh, will uh, it, first off, will it work or will people I, I just be out there with work. crazy <laughs> tools, just grinding them off and then showing people destroying it? Um does it matter to do something like this? You probably um, prop it up, like pull it off with a crowbar. That's what I mean. So <laughs> yeah. is, it, is it more so like this is too weak of a deterrent in this type of thing? Obviously, they're trying to do something. So if you drive over this, if you're just driving over it normally, you don't really notice it on your car, which is obviously them trying to not damage regular cars either. But I don't know. This could cost well, lots of money. Well, Compton, I, I guess, has some wild ass takeover. So uh, yeah, apparently. I mean, I, you know, this is one topic that has been kind of reiterated over and over in our community uh -huh. and a lot of people feel like that we should talk about it and okay. so you know it, let's talk about it 
it's really one of those things where you can do as much as you can to help prevent things. But I believe the right manner is is understanding uh, the perspective of why this has gained such popularity. Sure. And if we're not having those conversations of why, I mean, I personally don't know why, you know? Yeah. I, I can only speak from my assumptions and understanding of it first started off in Oakland. Okay. You know, Sideshows. Sideshows um, in the Bay. And it became highly populated because of the high fee movement. You right, see okay. a lot of those visuals in their music videos. And so culturally, it became acceptable as a cool thing. Right. It was a thing to do. Just like how, you know, you had people in, you know, the 70s and 80s doing burnouts in their Trans Ams or the Camaros or sure. whatnot. And culturally, it was accepted. Like, that's badass. You sure. know what I mean? Sort of, so, sort of culturally expected. Obviously, there was yeah. people that still didn't want it, but obviously, yes, there was done more often. It was done more often. It was somewhat semi-celebrated sure. in entertainment and in media. Yes, absolutely. And things like that. Absolutely. So to come here in 2022 and to see that happen within the streets of Compton, mm -hmm. in the streets of Tacoma, right. in the streets of Seattle, in the streets of, you know, uh, Southern California, Orange County, mm -hmm. things of that nature. This is a phenomenon and a thing that has grown to be... Uh, acceptable amongst certain groups in the car culture and community. Sure. And so I personally would like to sit down with someone of that community. Yeah. Because I don't understand it 100%. Mm -hmm. So let's get some perspective and knowledge. Maybe we can get some body in here um, that takes drifting uh, to a whole professional level. Let's talk to some drifters. Let's talk to some people that attend these, you know, takeovers and sideshows. Let's talk about people who organize it. Right. Mm -hmm. And see what their perspective and what their understanding of how are they pushing the culture for mm -hmm. our car community yeah. into a positive light. Or is this something where everyone um, doesn't like it? I mean, right. everyone doesn't like it right now, you know? Sure. Mm -hmm. And so rather than just saying, hey, this is something that's um, just like with any culture, there's counterculture. Right? Of course there is. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then there's things that people are just like, well, we're going against the grain. Yep. This is something that's badass. I'm going to do this, yep. you know? Just within music, within art, within everything, right? Absolutely. So it'd be it'd be really nice to sit down and, and talk to some key individuals. Absolutely. About what this um, what this is all about. Yeah. Absolutely, I think so. So. So I mean, again, uh, circling back, I guess, uh, bots dots. They're they're you know, this is the city's attempt, a, a governmental attempt to kind of put a kibosh on some of that stuff. Um, we'd love to hear more from. Uh, you guys out there or anybody who is part of that movement or anybody who wants to talk to us again where you're not here to put anybody on blast well we're happy to also have people come in here anonymously if they just want to talk about it um mm -hmm. reach out to us we have to you know make sure that you're yeah. real we have to kind of vet to make sure that you're not just uh you know uh making up stories but if things are real and, and you really want to talk to us we're absolutely here for anonymity uh we're uh journalists so uh we consider ourselves to you know kind of be satirical most of the time but we're here to hear your story we're not here to uh yeah. we're not here to judge you give, give us, here some, give to, us pers perspective yes. you know give yeah exactly we're here to listen to your perspective we want to have each voice we think the best uh, answer to bad speech is better speech so um, we'll talk to the professionals. We're going to have some drifters in here. Uh, we're going to try to talk to some uh, in the scene that are actual, you know, point uh, 
uh, scores that have uh, actual skin in the game. We're going to talk to if anybody reaches out to us from the uh, you know takeover movements or something that want to voice like why they do it, what is their motivation behind it. This is um, your chance. This is your chance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, we're opening the door to you. Uh, and again, if, if anything needs to be uh, made so that nobody is uh, uh, prosecuted or anything needs to be uh, just you know, confidential, confidential, we're absolutely fine with doing that as well. But um, that uh, that bot dots thing, I think, just to put a. Um, uh, I guess a, a cherry on it. I don't personally think it'll work. Same. Same. Um, I think it's yep. just a, I think, you know, they're going to do it. It's going to be part of the video now or the part of the movement <laughs> will be yeah. to collect those things. And then like, I don't know, go take them over to the, um, um, to the recycle, to the recycle. Yeah. Or take them over back over to the cop shop and just throw them at them. Um, so, uh, I, yeah, I think that's just going to be kind of a, a silly trial. Um, but we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, it'll be certainly interesting. Uh, and I know there will be a response. So. No, seriously, yeah. So we'll see that within, uh, I'm sure, a short time. Um, and that brings us, I think, to one of my uh, favorite parts is where we just kind of sit down, which we've been talking and getting some of uh, Danelle's perspectives and ideas. Trying to vibe, you know. Yeah, and just hanging because he's just a friend of, of the pod and just a, a friend in general. But now we get to talk to Danelle about him, his photography. Um, oh, man, spotlight. Danelle, you're in the hot seat now, bud. Um, so, Danelle, first off, I mean, uh, we, we've talked to you before about your photography. We love it. Um, we've kind of praised it. Some of your eye um, has just a natural ability that, you know, sometimes, obviously, you, you practice, you, you've you taken, you know, um, teaching and stuff like that. But some of it can't be taught, and you definitely have some of that uh, that straight vibe. Um, so I wanted to just kind of reach out and kind of hear from you. What are some of the things you like to shoot? Um, what are some of the cars you like to shoot? Shapes? Um, and then what are things like colors or like chrome that you really look for when you take a shot? And what do you steer away from where you're like, I just, I just don't know how to shoot this or I just don't like it. Uh, let's start backwards on that list. All right, perfect. Half the half stuff I already forgot. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. We'll just that keep was, going. That we'll was go a list. That was. That was. But that's stuff my apologies. I don't like or try to steer away from is yeah. definitely shooting midday, especially in the summer. I've, I've like sure. learned that it just it sucks. Sure. You know, everything's blown out. Uh, you either get things that are like the colors don't look natural because you're trying to figure out how to make the sky blue again instead of this bright white color. Yep. Mm -hmm. Right. Um. What were the other questions? What would like the car shapes that you like to like shoot? Like, do do you love to shoot like a a wedge sports car from the '80s kind of style? Do you love old sweeping designs from like teardrop era yeah. cars? Do you love brand new cars with their like I mean, angular designs and their wings? You've been in you know community connections gatherings, yeah. and, you know our Southside car cruise. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know what cars excite you? When you get to shoot them. Yeah. And you've shot from different perspectives because you also just shot, as we were saying, from your drone perspective. Right. So you do have an eye that looks at shapes in a different way. And what is your eye drawn to? I would definitely say anything that kind of has like that track type of build. Okay. Um, oh. Only because that is the type of build I like. For sure. I see. So it, there's like some kind of, there's some type of like comfort and a different type of confidence shooting that stuff because I know what I'm looking for because that's what I'm into. Ah, okay. So um, it's kind of like uh, eating like a you know favorite cookie. You're like, I know what this tastes like and I can't wait to bite into yeah. it. Okay, yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. Chocolate chip. Yes. Uh, yes, yes. Okay. Um, and then it's, I don't like shooting black cars. Okay. Why? It's just, it's kind of hard to see everything. Like I, it hides. My, when I 
try to take photos, I, I like to try to, to show the body lines. Because sometimes when you look at a car, uh, you know, at eye level versus like to the side, the body lines don't really give the characteristics of that car. You right. know what I mean? Like a car could look completely different just by looking at the body lines. Mm. So then when you have like a black car or something darker, like a, like even navy, it's kind of hard to, to see that unless you're at a the right angle and like there's the, the lighting's perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Then I feel like I feel like that could be a little difficult. Okay. Um, Do you prefer brighter colors? Yeah, brighter okay. colors, neutral colors, probably to to tie in the background and mm-hmm. have everything kind of flow together. Okay. Um, I do like brighter colored cars if the background is a neutral, monotone color. Okay. Um, I kind of try to look at, at photos to like piece everything together. Okay. Like if it's a it's a car and a photo, like the background has to go with it too. Right. So sometimes for like the rollers, even at the cruises, I don't like the photos that have cars in the like other cars in the background that don't really tie everything together. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you your composition has to has to conform to the full message. Yeah. If it, if yeah, it sure. blurs that message, it, it loses itself for you. And you're just like, even though the car is good here and the lighting is good, that background doesn't match it. And it just is dissonant. almost. Yeah. like you hit a wrong beat or a beat right before you were supposed to hit it. And that's what kind of, mm, yeah. That's what you. That's what you kind of. Ah, that's not right. Yeah, and, and you notice me, those things. Yeah, okay. it took me a while to even notice it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, at first I, I'd be like, why? Why aren't my pictures turning out the way I would like them? Or why don't I find them, you know, visually appealing? Mm-hmm. And it, it, like, I'd have to sit there and analyze like, what's the difference between this and this picture? Mm-hmm. And it, it came down to like just everything not tying together. Mm-hmm. Like, it could be the coolest car I take a photo of, but if it if it doesn't all work well together then i kind of don't like the picture at all nice okay so you critique your own work yeah so in critiquing your own work what are your fundamentals of like what is it you look for do you look for um framing do you look for a certain composition is it more um focus is there like a hot spot in terms of your photography meaning that like everything's blurred out or a certain bokeh Mm. what really gets me is if things aren't straight Mm, okay. you know, and it's, it's one of those things where I have to f- try to find a straight natural line in the photo to kind of compare the whole photo to so if the street or horizon line isn't straight mm-hmm. and I'm not on the hill and it's supposed to be straight right and I'm just like uh, this this will bother me that's probably one of the first things I do when I go to edit photos to make sure that everything is is the way it's supposed to be gotcha okay and then after that is probably making sure that the background isn't too blown out and then the focus. Well, I guess they all kind of like. They're all kind of working yeah, together as yeah, you're doing it, obviously, because right. you're you're straightening, you're focusing, and moving it right. Yeah, but definitely making sure the photo is straight is like my number one. Pick is that where you start with? That's kind of your first step in Same. the door. You're yeah. like, okay, first I'm gonna start with this, and then I'll blend together. But this is my first starting base. I yeah. Go Sometimes I even look at other photos, and that's like. Yeah. Like, man, I don't think it's a, a degree off. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for right. sure, and having that eye to catch that also, like you said, starts to work the whole path through to finish the actual photo to make the whole composition. So that brings me to my next question for you, which would be, I always like to know from photographers that, you know, obviously are, you know, moving into the, you know, more professional world as you know, you shoot lots of our gatherings and things, and I know you have a passion for it, but I know you've also shot product and you're starting to do more commercial stuff. What do you see in the automotive uh, commercial photography world that you like, and what would you like to add to that world? 
I would, think. Oh, go ahead. That's a, ooh, that's a hard question. In my head, that's a hard question. <laughs> and I mean, it doesn't have to be a complicated, it could be something as simple as, like you said earlier, like it can be maybe you're just like, you really love balance and you want to bring that perspective to like the the professional side of what is marketed to people. So, like, mm, you know, as opposed symmetry? to the craziness yeah. sometimes yeah. when you see in car d dimensions, like what, when they're driving up a mountain and it's like, I don't, I'm not driving up a mountain. I'm never going to drive <laughs> up a mountain. I need you to tell me if I can get out of a pit maneuver. That's what I need you to tell me if I can do. So, you know, what what is it about the things that you like about when you see a car ad? You're like, I really like the way they shot that. Here's why. And, you know, and then what would you like to bring to be like, if I was to be given mini, let's just random. I'm going to put this out. If mini were to come to you and say, uh, D, we need you to, to do a, a photography campaign for us. We, uh, it's going to be, the, these are our, you know, this is the smallest one, the midsize one, and the electric one. Uh, give us your professional photos of this to to market to our uh customer base i'd give them every single type of angle i could get not just of the car but like at night off-roading if they want to push out that they you know you could mm -hmm. take the uh take a mini cooper up to mount rainier mm -hmm. um something to show off their handles if that's what they want to to uh to promote what would you want to do if you had just had like again? I know it's kind of a uh, uh, on the spot, but if you're looking at the mini shape because it's kind of you can kind of picture it in your head. What would you do with that shape if you were given that professional way in the way that you like to have? I like my backgrounds to match with my foregrounds. I like the the whole message to come through from the center of my focus, which is like the subject, right? That you've balanced and straightened, and then it goes all the way into the background. That all balances out and makes you ah, this is a relaxing photo. I like what I'm looking at. Or even like again, how would you market that kind of thing to make somebody want to buy something like that? What would what would be the D touch? Yeah, what's the vision? <laughs> probably, probably like a, a roller in a tunnel. I feel like when you look at a Mini Cooper, they kind of are, are eye catching in itself. It's it's a small car. Gotcha. You automatically look because it's not the normal size car. Mm -hmm. um, their colors, I think, are 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 pretty unique. Like you don't see a lot of their colors on yeah. other cars. Yeah. So, so with that, would you highlight some of that design with all the bright? Yeah. Color, yeah, and I wouldn't cool. take okay. any of it away by having other things in it too. Like mm. I wouldn't have like a daytime, daytime downtown type of shoot because you see the the buildings, the trees, different colors, different shapes. Gotcha. So I guess try to keep it as minimal as you could. Minimalistic. So I, okay. Well, so I mean I, that totally makes sense. You yeah. Know? So I would think you know under. I love that. A roller with no other cars mm -hmm. probably, at night so you so there's some type of spotlight that you see. Mm -hmm. So. And then it's a bright colored mini, yeah, showcasing some of the details. Either cool. that or the yeah. British green, right? Oh, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. But maybe under, like you said, a, a spotlighted, so it is showcasing right. that. In in yeah. nothing else is disturbing you from the view. That's very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Interesting. Um, what would you say is your? I guess again, changes from photo to photo. But if you were to say in a overall, the way that you approach when you shoot, what is your who, what, where, when, why? How do you go about telling that story? And what do you kind of go for? Like you said, I know you go for certain aspects of, of uh, technical shooting, straight, uh, foreground colors matching, uh, balance. Um, but what about when you're trying to be like, I want you to feel sad when you look at this call, like picture. I want you to feel envious. Some mood. Feel, I want you to feel powerful when you look at this like image that I've given you. I want you to feel community or love. Yeah. Or yeah. I want you to feel silly. I want you to almost look at this, this photo and go, ha. Like, you don't know why you laugh, but somehow this photo made you, like, giggle. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, yeah, how do, you, how do you do that? And what, and what kind of stories do you like to tell? Do you like to tell human stories? Do you like to tell 
abstract stories? Um, do you like to give emotion where you just want people to have a feeling, whatever that stirs in them? I think it just has to be all around like well-built story, human. There's adventure in it, like experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and as long as like a photo could tell all of that, then I think that's what kind of pieces it in for me. Like mm. if if someone were to approach me and, and say, hey, I have a. I have a mini that I want to show mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, happiness, you know, I want you to show a photo showing that I'd be like, what does happiness look like to you? Mm -hmm. um, OK, from a photographer standpoint that does things for or does photos for like businesses. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of the talking to the businesses. You gotta you gotta figure out what they're trying to port portray. Sure, and that's kind of what I I like to do with my photos too. And when you do that, like when you're pulling out, like let's say it's an emotion, like happiness. Do you mm -hmm. try to use like what aspects do you try to pull? I think you said some of this, like where you use bright colors. Yeah, you like to bring in like you like to lessen distraction and minimize those to bring out the essence of that feeling. Um, would that be something that you say you do across all your photography? Obviously, not just. Uh, automotive but you do that when you're doing like products you're looking for how I can pull out that yeah. emotion from it yeah no for okay. sure I, I mean I do I did photos for a spa over in West Seattle and, and like uh, they have a whole bunch of like skincare products those definitely can't be dark you know what I mean yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah totally so just dark one of those lids, things, dark writing yeah yeah it's one of those things where like you kind of have to just cater to who you're taking photos for sure and then half the time I'll I'll take photos that I think that are nice mm -hmm. and I'll send those over in the final package as well mm -hmm. um, and just let them know hey I took these as extra and this is what I think you could do you could do whatever you want with it but yeah I wouldn't you want give you them to... the uh, the twist your actual yeah. uh, creative twist like here's what here's the products you asked for and I've me measured all of your you know X Y's and Z's now here's my artistic versions of what I think your product can be if you were to see it through my eyes. Yeah. Is that kind of nice? Yeah. That's yeah. very cool. So you actually even spin it into your professional life. You give your perspective to your clients mm -hmm. along with exactly what they're asking for, which again yeah, for is sure. the professional side of any photographer. So um, that's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. It's been very cool to hear your inside story. We got a little bit of the touch on the car stuff, and we kind of all gushed over some of your Space Needle photos before, but it is cool to hear kind of how your brain ticks through uh, a photo and how it also feels about you know shooting. Yeah, and sometimes uh, I don't even see a final product then and there. I'll mm -hmm. see it after the fact. Like uh, maybe 30% of my Space Needle photos were, were framed after I took the shot. Oh wow! Nice. Mm. So it's kind of just like, oh, that looks cool. Take a photo. I'll look at it like then and there. I'm like, man, that doesn't look cool. But I'll hold on to it. Yes. And a few months go by where I, I might have been inspired by something else, or I learned something else about photography, and I go through my photos, maybe like every two weeks, even the old ones. Nice. And I'll just be like, oh man, this would look cool if I did this. So nice. sometimes okay. I'll post something that was taken two or three months ago. So your inspiration comes from past. Yeah. Past, past and learning from learned. the future. He combs through his past creativity. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. you know, that's, I feel like that's very important to anybody in the craft, right? Yeah, I think it's so. Like you got to look at your old work to mm -hmm. see if like where you've been and like how you've adjusted and how have you grown, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes I re-edit things too. Yeah. So let me ask you this. How much of uh, post-production do you do? How mm -hmm. much Photoshop and, you know, color correction and things do you go from your raw photos? Depends on the... Depends on what I'm taking photos of. For people, there's a lot. Um, only because 
people see themselves in different ways. You know what I mean? Like, right. yep. like someone could look at their self in the mirror and be like, man, this is, a, this is like, this is cool. I look like this. Mm-hmm. Then they see a photo and the photographer's like, yeah, you look good like this. You show them the photo and they're like, man, that's ugly. Yeah. yeah. So one, some of that. one thing I do ask when I am shooting with people is just like, what are your angles? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What, what do you like? Do you like the left side of your face? Do you like the right side? Do you like it tilted up a little bit? Just because at the end of the day, I'm, I'm catering to that, to that person. Gotcha. I wouldn't want to give them 20 photos that they think that are eh. And then they took one photo on their cell phone. They're like, man, this is a lot better than... Right, than, right. For sure. Than I guess it is yeah. the self, how we self-see ourselves, yeah. right? Yeah, if you see yourself in certain ways, even if you take a good photo, if the person's like, it doesn't feel like it's me, um, yeah, yeah it's it, not, it goes it's against what, what they're... Right? Yeah, exactly. I think yeah. that's do, true. do you have a preference? Do you have a preference versus like, you know, buildings or, you know, architecture or, or portraits over cars or... What do you love and enjoy to shoot? I would say uh, all of it. All of it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to say this face needle because I I talked about it a lot last time. <laughs> no, no, sure. I mean, it's just like something that doesn't change. You know what I mean? Yeah, bro. I mean, but that's the thing is like you know you want to talk about what you talked about earlier was yeah. you sift through your old photos and come back and revisit it. And I want to say, man, every time I look at your space needle. Uh, your newest Space Needle fo- photos, I mean, it's remarkable. Yeah, it really gets better yeah. and better each yeah. time. They keep getting better, and it's again, it's a, it's a, a testament to take one's lessons and then put them back into one's old work. Right. You know what I mean it, it's kind of the uh, mark of an artist. Right. You, you keep working on your your, artist, your past baby. your past uh, <laughs> canvases, even if they're yeah. not done. You know, you don't Van Gogh doesn't throw them all away. No, puts them, they're all stacked up, and yeah. then it's like, okay, let me pull this back out. And then you finish and you're, oh, well, the, the muse left, so I got to put it away. Um, again, that's, I think that's just a cool uh, insight. It's cool that you just get, you know, some of what makes you tick, man. Right. Yeah. What was the yeah. other part to that question? I don't know. I, I, mean, nah. I, mean, I, just, <laughs> I like go off on like one little part of the question. And I forget the rest. <laughs> no, I mean, that's, I think that's the beauty of it. I mean, that we could just sit back and talk about, you know, the different, uh, you know, perspectives and the way you go about things in this creative lens of yours you know because you are telling those stories right mm-hmm. i always say that photography or photo- photographers and videographers have the power to tell the culture you know mm-hmm. i mean just look at how much has been captured in you know the late 70s and early 80s in terms of you know uh hip-hop yeah you know what i mean absolutely martha cooper i mean she documented so many things about the culture from the stages of it just you know uh having b-boys and b-girls on cardboard you know what i mean and then at rec centers and then and in the backyards of parks exactly you know and so i love the fact that we can sit down and talk with you danelle about you know what you're capturing in terms of this culture and what you've captured over the last year i mean it's been remarkable man it really has been i've been trying to push people to take more photos just in general don't have to be professional just because back when you were like I'm pretty sure we're all around the same age. Back when we were like high school, middle school, yeah. there's always photos you're looking back on and now everyone's kind of just steered away from taking photos in general. No, right? Like yeah. 15, I agree, man. 15 years later from now, you're not going to have the same pictures. You're going to look at the old pictures again for like the fifth time in a row. Mm-hmm. Right. Versus yep. ones that you could have taken and memories that you could have caught. You yep. just, like you mean reason, like it's phased out. You like know you mean, I mean you're telling, uh, you're encouraging more of your, your peers to take in the moment photos. Yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. To be more photojournalistic with their own lives. Maybe not for likes, just for their own photos. Yeah. Just to capture Just to capture life. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean like... Fall in love with photography. Hey, Facebook, yeah. Instagram, and like Snapchat kind of go through this like memories thing that they have, right? Yeah, they do, yeah. And it's just like you, you were on it all the time 
capturing all these moments and for some reason like the app kind of phased away and you stopped or like like just taking photos or videos all the time just kind of stopped mm -hmm. and now you're just not you're not really left with like memories to look back on besides the one that you took two three years ago right speaking of memories so like you're shooting the the space needle right uh -huh. so besides your camera what else was with you or who was with you at the time of that shoot like did you have like music going on or do you bring like you know your snacks does that hold you over for the time of the shoot or oh man the shoots are so quick to be honest yeah like sometimes i i park and i'm like take the photo and i leave Sniper style. <laughs> oh, so the, man. Yo, the guys are yeah. one hit up. So yeah. I show up, I hit the grand slam, I win, everybody goes home. <laughs> it's, cr it's crazy because I, I look at your Space Needle photography, right? And I think that you're like tripod, yeah. you know, you're there like 30 minutes exactly. before the, the timing of everything. And then you're just, you're just timing everything so that it's perfect for that shot. And you telling me that you just run out of your car and just snap it real quick? Yeah, there are some times where like... That's gangster. <laughs> sometimes I'll just like, I'll think about where another photo was taken by someone else. For I'll sure. Like, oh, that was cool. Maybe I should go try it out. Drive out there, take the photo, and then call it good. Comes out fire. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> then there's some other people that I've met through photos that I go take photos with around Space Needle. So. You know what that's funny? It's, it, just because he does that and he said that he just sometimes pulls up and takes one photo and that's all it takes. That reminds me, I know it's going to sound like, I mean, we talked about the hip hop from the 90s, but it reminds me of Estevan. Oh yeah, from Mr. Cartoon. Like there'd be yeah. people. There's all those stories. Would be like there's the, all Oreo. these 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 people for like Source Magazine and Triple <laughs> XL and like Vibe, and they'd yeah. all be shooting all these cameras all over. And Esteban would come up with his old film camera and shoot Bam. one shot, and that would be the money shot. He'd just be like, boom, and, and then and, and that was it. That was the one that everybody was like, oh, this goes down in the record gets, book. That's why he gets the big bucks. So let's let's talk about this career path, right? Yeah. So what is it that, what's, what's the end goal of the yellow brick roll? Yep. Where's Oz? Yeah. Where, where would you where, be happy the, being? Yeah, exactly. I would be happy being, are we talking about like, we're talking like about everything. Setting, every, Professionally everything, and financially like, with your uh, photography career. And ex and excess where that comes from that either you know drone footage but but from doing videography and photography and that type of production, mm -hmm. what is the uh, yeah what is Oz what is the end of the Yellow Brick Road what does that look like to you? Probably knowing that I inspired people like even if I knew I inspired one mm. person that I'd be fine with that to be honest. Okay, my man. But like the end of it all would be you know to inspire as many people as I could. Okay, money wise. Shameless plug if people just bought my prints. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, hey, that's a prints. Hey. He's an we're artist, halfway, but he's old halfway school through Oz. <laughs> in the fact that he likes to eat. So he does like to eat. Feed him. Um, that's great, though. I love that you started with uh, the fact that you just want to inspire people first and foremost. And then you also would love him to buy your prints. But, yeah, but first, inspire yourself. And, yeah, if, you, uh, if you could do it yourself, you know, more power to you. If, I, if one of my photos inspire you to go somewhere and do that same thing and then print it out yourself, that's like that's filthy to me for sure but don't sure. if you don't want to if you don't want to spend that gas money to go <laughs> or get out your car <laughs> yeah. and go take the photo yo hit up Danelle <laughs> do you want to do more commercial do you want to do more contracted that kind of stuff or do you want to be more freelance and shoot larger stuff bigger things and then sell maybe your prints even for more money if they do become popular if they do become on the level I mean again we love them and I think you have an eye I think some of that comes 
naturally it's just the talent behind it. But, um, yeah, what does that look like? What would you be happy in that in that regard? Um, does it need to be the end all be all? Make all your money from it, retire mm, from it? Nah, I think right now, right now it's more it's it's probably like seventy percent freelance, thirty percent commercial. Okay, would um, you like to keep it like that? No, nah, I'd like to switch it right now. I'd like to switch it to more commercial, just because okay. there's there's a lot of things that you learn going that avenue mm -hmm. that you don't learn doing freelance, but then that freelance part of your life is always in your back pocket. Yep. Okay. I just got to find time to, I just need to find time to do it, you yep. know? Okay. Um, but at the end of it all, I would like to do things more freelance, less commercial. Okay. Yeah. So you'd like to make some of the money, get some of the trade, get some of the technique yeah. of the commercial, then phase that into your freelance and make some really powerful freelance. Yeah. Very cool. So when, yeah. So I know we talked talked about this at Wickfest, but um, your experience and your concerns health wise. Um, you said you had scare of uh, cancer. Yeah, oh, it wasn't mm -hmm. a scare, full on cancer, bro. Full, full on, on cancer, okay. full blown. Yeah. And so, uh, t talk to us about that story. Yeah, man. Yeah, I heard like, I heard briefly about it, and I was like, I want I want to learn more. Oh yeah. Um. So I had a lymph node under my left ear. Mm-hmm. Got COVID in April, the like year it all came out, like COVID all came 2020? out. 2020? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. I think that sped up like the process, to be honest, because then this, this lump just got bigger. Then went to the doctors. They were just like, oh, yeah, it's a, it's a tumor. You know, go see a specialist, get biopsies done. Uh, ended up being salivary gland cancer. Oh. So I had to do like a four-hour surgery and... They basically took out the salivary gland and the the lump connected to it. The doctor said it was like a tennis ball size. Whoa, yeah. bro. I could have sworn it was like a golf ball size. But then, Yo, then I was even like, I was a lot bigger back then. So he was like, yeah, you, you lost a lot of weight. And good on you. You, you know, you, you don't know the actual size of this thing. And I was For like, oh, sure. shit, okay. So then after that, there was, no, I, there was another scare too. Like, this is why this is like such a crucial part in like this story if anyone like wants to sit down and talk to talk about it is that it when I did the the PET scan they found like this weird lymph node on the right side of my chest right okay. like right here so I, after the surgery I had to heal from that to go back under to for them to do ultrasound and like look inside basically mm -hmm. uh bronco bronchoscopy I think it was called okay yeah um that was cool nothing wrong with that they actually didn't find that lump they they think that it was reactive so it was probably oh, something that just came up to like from like other things, maybe the surgery. Right. Then okay. after that, chilled oh. a little bit. They're like, we're gonna give you time to like fully heal. Then you start chemo and radiation. Okay. So did seven, seven rounds of chemo, thirty-one rounds of uh, radiation therapy. Okay. Wow. And how long was that, that period of time? Uh, March to four twenty. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. March something to four, or like beginning of March to fourteen. So when was the final day of treatment slash like where you could just not have to go in for anything and was just starting to heal just from home and doing normal normal life stuff as much as one could as you came uh, from how long has that been now? Luckily, chemo actually wasn't as bad as it should have been. Okay. Like awesome. the oncologist was like, Yo, this is gonna be bad, you're gonna be bedridden, you need a whole team to take care of you. And I'm just like, Oh dang, all right. But every every time I checked up with her like every week 
she'll be like, what'd you do this week? I'm like, man, I, I went out, hung out with my friends. I went photos. to Coachella. Yeah. <laughs> and then she was like, what? That's crazy. I thought you would be out. I'm like, nah. And she was like, are you eating? I'm like, yeah, I just had like, you know, McDonald's. And she was like, and you ate it just fine? I'm like, yeah, why? <laughs> yeah. Wow, he's got that powerful Dang, genius. Cancer yeah. ain't got nothing on dude. <laughs> Man. So that experience yeah. prompted you to start doing photography, is that? Yeah, the beginning of it did. Because it was kind of just like, uh, like, yo, what's going to happen to me? Yeah. And it's not like a, a common cancer where you could like even look up, yeah, you sal- know, stuff salivary on. Salivary Salivary. Salivary cancer. Yeah, so you have three salivary glands one right under yeah. your ear one in front of your ear and then one uh closer towards your jaw sure the biggest one is when they took out so wow. i produce less saliva now gotcha okay yeah. wow though i mean again so safe no yeah everything so been far clear. has been clear that's great yeah. Yeah. uh how long has it been clear for now a year and a half. Nice. All right, let's give it up. Yeah. Health is wealth. <laughs> Mission, what? baby. Yeah. Oh, Thank let's you so go. much. Well, that's great. I mean, again, that in that good. short time, you've already impressed us with your photography. I think you're going to go more places. Um, powerful story, man. Yeah, man. And again, you're healthier. Like you said, you've lost even more weight, which is great. I think you're on the track to even be, you know, uh, big healthy loving guy and and one of the best photographers we got around. Yeah. Trying to get buff, dude. Get he's going to get man. ripped. Damn. So. One one question I always wanted to ask you, Danelle, is that if you can tell, if, or if you can sit down with anyone in the world and give them some advice about photography, what would you tell that person? Keep all your photos. Yo. Don't don't delete them. If you think they're trash or they're ugly, keep them. You'll you'll find like some type of insight in it sometime. Okay. And I think that 100. percent Wow. And on that one, I think uh, we have to sign off, ladies and gentlemen. Guys, it's been a heck of a conversation with Man. you tonight. We talked about a lot. It's been blast to have D here. Uh, we got to have him back. I mean, he'll be back on. He's uh, kind of a regular in the uh, in the old troop, so he'll be on here more than once, I'm sure, as we continue these episodes Absolutely. forward. Uh, but thank you so much for being here, man. It no, was a thank pleasure you. to pick your brain. Thank you. Uh, thank you any last-minute words there, Walter Al or D? No. I'm, I guess my takeaway is uh, s- spend time doing something you love at the end of the day, right? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It will reward you to chase that thing that you wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, Tomorrow's yeah. never D, promised. D is, yeah, D is living proof of it. He chased it. There wasn't a promise tomorrow, and now he's a talent. So, thank you. Everybody, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Yes, uh, sir. More coming at you, more interviews. Uh, get us at namsayin07 at gmail.com. Uh, again, we're looking for anybody who wants to interview with us, of course. Uh, we will keep things confidential. Um, just reach out to us again, namsayin07 at gmail.com. Peace. 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 Later.